This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. We spoke last week, we touched about Zionism as a movement and how it was accepted or rejected or whatever from the um, religious world. There was one topic I felt m- should be covered because it's commonly raised. It's a very emotional topic, and l- it, the question comes in a few varieties. First of all, it comes a lot from the Zionist point of view. If the Jews had heeded the Zionist prophets and had come to Israel, we would never have had a Holocaust. Um, and therefore, the Israeli army proudly uh, says in every Yom Atzmot, never again. Um, in Germany, whenever it's visited by dignitaries of the Israeli government, they proclaim by the um, a concentration camp, they put a, a wreath around uh, um, some sort of site. They'll always say, now that we have the Israeli Air Force, the Israeli army, um, it'll never happen again, and so on and so forth. And that's a common sentiment expressed. Um, sometimes it's expressed that the Gdolim were the ones who stopped the Jews from emigrating and saving themselves. Um, a little more nastier attacks are they told other people not to leave, and they themselves left, and so on. Those were are basically the different positions. I want to start with the more, if all the Jews had gone to Israel, this never would have happened because the Israeli uh, Army, Air Force, Armed Forces would have prevented it. Um, There also used to be a sort of a subtle type of accusation. Jews went to to the death like sheep. Um, that's because they were raised in a gullus mentality and uh, had they been raised with different ideals and in a different setting they would have been proud and fought and resisted and um, not succumbed. That basically is a package of very very emotional um, accusations and uh, self-justifications about the war, Zionism, etc. I'd like to be a little hard-nosed about it. If you were a cold, calculating scientist. Leave God out of the picture, leave Ruch HaKodesh, leave anything mystical, just a practical person. And you were to ask somebody, where is a Jew safer, in America or in Israel? Um, you would have to answer in America, uh, uh, or in many countries, in New Zealand. Um, Israel is not a safe country on by any natural criteria. It is surrounded by a few hundred million people that want nothing better than to eliminate it. It takes one mistake, and statistics are against you. If you need 100% success rate to survive, you are doomed. Um, that is uh, out of base of any statistics. You can't, um, you can't live on the expectations of 100% success. So Israel today is not, in any natural way, the safe place for Jews. Um, 
uh, there are many other places where it's kind of, as long as it was a small number and it's kind of uh, very, very nondescript, they are safe. And there's no anti-Semitism really, a little minor here, minor there, but um, nothing really bad. I was once sitting with an Israeli person who was telling me, up, did you see? Um, there was a, a shul that they in, in, in Los Angeles to put swastikas and there's a place that they did this. I said, it's all fine and well, but nobody's launching katushas at us. Nobody's launching missiles and rockets and mortars and stuff like that. Um, so to say that Israel could have resisted the Nazi war machine is ridiculous. Okay. Sorry, yes. And is it part of it that Israel is a place where Jews can go? Well, the question is, yes, they can go there now. The question is, um, does it mean they'll be safe there? You're right. As long as I Israel is, I Israel will allow Jews to immigrate. But the, the, but, but the, the, the real issue is, is this safe haven in, in a natural way? Um, as long as Jews can go to New Zealand um, or any other um, or, or, or any place that's kind of off the beaten path, uh, not even off the beaten path, Chile and plenty of lovely places that that Jews should not feel that there's any reason why they should be threatened. And there's no overthrow against Jews in America. Uh, yes. I guess part of my understanding of the first argument that Ray was talking about is that during the Holocaust, even though the United States of America was tolerant of Jews, they didn't let in any Jews from Europe. And the Jews of Europe had nowhere to go. Well, Israel, no, well, well, well it comes in many uh, places, but the question was, um, Hitler was dead set to, his empire would have excluded Israel as well. If Rommel would not have been defeated, he was going to sweep the Middle East as well. Nobody, once you have big vision, Middle East is a very good place, got lots of good things like oil and stuff like that. And he was, he, he was going home. It wasn't, it was between Italy and Germany. They, they wanted to capture it. N you know, and it's part of the big hashgachim, big uh, nisim that it wasn't. But to say that it was naturally a safe haven um, if for somebody who's intent on destroying the Jews, that's very hard to believe. And especially since the Arabs resented it more and more as there were more and more Jews there. I mean, today they readily admit that the Zionist uh, founders and prophets did not take into account the Arab problem. Everybody kind of shoved it away that the Arabs would be very happy with it and there were, you know, they won't care that much, and or they'll leave, or whatever it is. Nobody counted on it becoming the problem it is, though the prophets were kind of very, very short-sighted. Um, tr try reading some of the earlier Zionist works and finding how they deal with the problem. There are people there, some people, more people, but it's a, it's definitely, um, it, it wasn't uh, vacant in any sense of the word, and it was a type of area since there were no borders in the Middle East. As soon as there would be uh, things going there, they would, they would attract people. That's what it did. But at any rate, so, so to come and to tell me this was a place that was extremely, um, this this was this would have been by Seichel a perfect haven. Tell people if you were selling insurance and you're a cold actuary, you have to calculate the risk to people's lives. Where would premiums for Jews be higher, in Israel or in America? The undertone in Israel was to look at Masada and to die with honor rather than to, than to let yourself be captured. It, there was the, the Zionist movement awakened a sense of honor that may not be compatible with Torah Shkafa. Um, is it better to die with honor than to live as a sniveling, um, you know, a surf 
to a, to a paritz? The Zionist answer is absolutely not. Better to die in glory and rather than to live as a sin. The Torah answer is yes. And that Torah answer goes back to Rabbi Yochanan, who tried to make peace, who made peace with the Romans in order to protect a little bit of what they could rather than um, rather than uh, than to die with Anna. The Kanoim were ready to destroy Jerusalem um, to, to, to basically go up in flames and it was the submission to Rome and retaining small ember of Jewish spiritual life that, that gave us continuity. Yes. This, this might be slightly off topic, but how does the parsha of Shaul HaMelech fit into that? When you have a nevuah, when you're told what to do, then yes, all the parishes where you're not supposed to be scared of anybody else, when you're told to go into battle, then you go into battle. But uh, you mean so much when he when he died on on, he on, on yeah. so so the answers given are that his humiliation would shake Israel terribly, and the Jewish people would be um, would would be devastated and, and they would fall apart. But he was a Melech. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, at any rate, so so the first point is it's by objectively it cannot be a safe haven. If you're talking about because Hashem wants it, you're going from a religious point of view. Well, you have to take into account that Hashem, is, it says, it, there's a parasha of Tochacha that if you do wrong, you can't say we're going to do everything wrong, but Hashem will protect us because He promised and so forth. He, he hedged His promises. There's, there's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts in those promises. And you can't go together and say, well, Israel is just, um, Hashem wants Israel, and if we stay in the country of Israel, that's great. Um, and, and so on and so forth, and therefore we're we're not um, going to go and um, it, it, we can't say that we go to the land of Israel and yet flaunt everything that Hashem doesn't want and is told us and throws out of the country. Same reasons why he threw us out the first time and and allowed us to become Kharif are valid the second and third time as well. It's no difference. Um, now, also historically, I want to add another point that people may not be aware of. By 1921, 22, 23, 24, there was no going anyplace. Um, the Jews, um, the quota system in America, in 21 I believe it was, there was an emergency quota system put into place uh, which restricted immigration terribly. It, it, it was a percentage of countries you immigrated from and so on. And that was it. It never was lifted. It was that, there was no way for millions of Jews to come to America after 21. 21, I think, was the emergency quota. And then uh, within two or three years, it was it was law, and, and, and there wasn't anybody coming in. And in 19, in the end of the 30s, it just clamped down to, to nothing. But um, there's no way to encourage mass emig- immigration to America. In Israel, um, the British had a quota system, also from about 21 or so, and uh, that was it. There was, from 1920 onwards, even if we knew what was happening in Europe, nobody was going anyplace. Now, what about before? What about should should the Jews have mass emigrated to Israel or to America? Um, should Dolem have pushed it? Because of the terrible conditions. Well, the truth was that Russia didn't need any encouragement from Dolem. I mean, Russia emptied out between 1880 to 1920, 
um, there was a staggering uh, percentage that left Russia and ended up in America, and that's where our big mass immigration was. So nobody was telling our. But let me. But let's look at the other side of it. Um, and this is a very hard. This is a very hard partial to talk about, but I think it's very important. Um, we say kinis every year, and we speak about the. Um, we speak about the communities in, um, in and along the Rhine that were in the way of the Crusaders. And the Crusaders, many community, gave them a choice to baptize themselves um, or to be killed. And they took and killed the children and killed themselves, the Kiddush Hashem. And there's a very, very um, difficult passage, um, difficult to read it, where the parents killed the children. They said, we weren't Zohar to raise you to Yiddishkeit. Um, we will at least have you die like Yiddish Hashem or bring you like a carbon. The Jews that came out of Europe to America, and we'll speak about this in a minute, um, the percentage that remained Shomer Mitzvahs in any sense of the word was tiny. Um, if for whatever reasons, um, it, it just that way it was. And basically, if you um, if you went to America, you gave up a Yiddishkeit. I'm not the person to make those decisions, but to have a person send a kid away, to, for a person to leave himself to a place that will probably be safer, but basically his grandchildren will not be Jewish. Um, I don't know, but every Tisha B'Av, I, I, I read it again and again. And it's not, it has to do with the forced baptism. It has to do with, there, there, there is, unfortunately, scale of values. And for a person to risk, in, and it wasn't, we're not talking about a risk. We're talking about the percentages were heavily against you, big time. Um, th- that, that was an achrayas. The people who said they should have left Europe and survived don't care about that half, don't think about that half. Same thing was true with Israel. And for whatever reason, um, the basically the Chalutzim and the people coming into Israel somehow disintegrated and uh, they didn't become Goyim Baruch Hashem, that's just because of the demographics, but basically in a Ruchnistic way dissolved, disintegrated. And maybe if everybody would have been pushed to go to Israel and to America in those years, uh, maybe uh, we'd be left with nothing of Kaiso. We we we'd be left with a lot more people in the world, but nobody nobody has a shemi solem. I don't know. I, I mean, those are things that I, I've certainly w- it's way too big for me to talk about. But that was the real reason why America was a no no. There was no there was no track record of, of giving kids fruit. Could have it been the other way? Had had we gone as a strong force to Israel and pre-planned and so on, could we have made the difference so that Israel became very hospitable for for? for for Torah, maybe, and there were. Ger established a foothold and tried to send people there. Um, so did Slanim, so did um, Slavatki Yeshiva, which became Hebron. Um, the the Chaznish had a change of heart in the 30s, not because of the war, but simply because of what he felt was the total disintegration of the spiritual life in uh, Europe. Europe it just fell apart. Um, the people that he had stayed for, Chavot uh, Chaim and so on, he, he felt that that door is gone, 
and he moved her to Israel. I don't know what other things were there. But the Chazanish's change of heart had a lot to do with the Ruchnis. He looked around in the 30s, in the early 30s, and he said, it's gone. Um, there's nothing, there, there, it's not, it's, it's, Europe is gone, and then he picked himself up and left. Um, so th- this is a very, you know, f- for people that say, well, religions, okay, it's nice if it's there, but the main thing is to survive. Th- this argument is, is doesn't go anywhere. But, but for a person who honestly says that given the choice, like we say it, and, and we believe that this is the right thing, um, then it was a very, <coughs> to, to tell people to go to America in those days was tantamount to saying, you should become a Chal Shabbos, your kids should become completely um, unknowledgeable about, illiterate about Torah, and your grandchild should be a Shagat. That's basically what you were saying. Yes? This might be another topic, but I mean, you had some very, very big rabbis who came here in the, in the late And, and didn't survive. And the question is, nothing, um, I- I- it's frightening because, I mean, there are stories, and I, I mean, I, I don't want to take up the time with those stories, there were giants that came here, whether it was that they didn't push in the right direction, they didn't push Chinuch, whether it just was impossible because of the way everything was, um, and maybe either the Hashkacha was that until 1940 no major change could happen, either it was that just a mass of from people coming as opposed to non from people coming, I don't know, I, I don't know the answer, but uh, historically very little is left of, uh, of, of that jury. Um, and it's so, so we've helped American population increase and with a lot of wonderfully talented people. But as far as Kaiser was concerned, um, <laughs> nothing's happened. Uh, that, that was, it, it didn't add very little to it. The, um, that was not, as far as, so, so from 1920 onwards, nobody was going anyplace. Beforehand, there was, as far as America went, there was a consensus that America just is inhospitable. For whatever reason, people tried to do things, nothing. The, it, you know, it, it was pitiful. The young generation went to public school. There, was no, there were no schools. It, could somebody, a visionary, have made it? They've tried to do it. It didn't work. I don't know. You know, the, the what-if answers are difficult. But at any rate, now, there were people during the war that asked Gedolim, and some said to run, and some said to stay. There is a letter, there's a, there's a, Rabbi Dali Shor's kids wrote, uh, I mean, they have a letter, Rabbi Baron Kotter told him a few weeks before the war break out, broke out, he was living in Kletz, don't go back to America, don't worry, there's not going to be any war here, it's not happening, you sit here, you're staying, and you're so on and so forth. That's a letter from Baron Kotler. I want to use Chazal to describe that. It says, um, Chazal uses a very strong Pasuk, Meishiv Chachamim Achor about Rebbechem and Zakai, who when he met with Vespasianus by, by the Chorben Bayes um, Mr. Q and he could have gotten much more than he got um, he could have uh, answered something he didn't answer and Chazal point out HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes away the Chachma from a generation from a leader and that's, it's part of the Klola yes um, normally there's a surrender to the Shmaya, and Gdoli Yisrael have a Siyat Shmaya. The fact, the rebirth of um, Yadus in America and in uh, Israel is all due to Gdoli Yisrael. The, the Rashivas made Yeshivas, the, 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 the Rabbanim who established Kehillus and so on. But there was a Hanhaga of Meshiv Chacham Ocher, 
Kaddish Baruch Hu, um, chose to close off all avenues of Chachma, and um, and that's how it was. Uh, it's hard to know. It, it, nobody was is brilliant, like I said before. The, the prophets of Zionism forgot about the Arabs. They they were concerned about the British, concerned about a lot of other things. No one realized this problem, and the stump that this was not all wise people. For all we know, historically, they may have driven us into a corner that we can't get out of. I, I don't know. I just I, I, these, these are question marks. Um, did they save themselves at the expense of other people? I, I would suggest people read. There's a very good book. It was written in Hebrew. It's been translated into English. So it's referring to the Gedolim. save themselves at the Yes. Yeah. Um, and if you'll take a look in... Um, there is a book by Rebetzin Fopstein. Rebetzin Fopstein is an extremely harsher person. She, um, she is actually an anical of the Gerebbe. She's a she's college-educated woman. I, I do believe she has a doctorate, if I'm not mistaken. She lectures all over about Holocaust studies, and she prepares the curriculum for the Bishakov. She wrote a book called Besei Saram. I forgot what it's called, Hidden Thunder or something like that, where she goes through some Holocaust points from religious jury, if, uh, from the point of view of religious jury, and she deals with it, and she shows, she goes through the different cases, um, and by and large, it wasn't as if, 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 if she goes through, she she brings whatever information she has. It wasn't where someone said, okay, I'll let the chassidim stay, and I'll go. People scattered, people outside made the efforts, and plucked these people out. Um, there wasn't, it wasn't their own decisions or wisdoms to do it. There were some Dolm who felt they need to stay with the community. Rabbi Hanna went back to Europe to stay with his yeshiva. Kovna Rav, Rabbi Rom Shapiro, stayed with his community because he felt that Karasatov. There were many Rebbe's who felt that way. Many felt that they need to go and for all the Gerach Hasidim who died, the knowledge that somebody, one ember went from there to Israel and restarted the vision that was Ger um, is something that I, c- I can't speak for f- for them, but I- in Ruach, this is this is the way um, they wanted it. Was, it was the, the special Ruach of Ger who had in bells and so on. Um, there was Rabbi Lezul who established Mir Yeshiva again, Rabbi Aaron established Kletsk and so on. Um, so, at A, it wasn't as if they said, we have to go first, and they, and, you know, and let the Chassidim stay. People outside were obviously interested in saving the leaders. When the Zionists um, had the ability to save people, they chose the young, the strong, the Zionists affiliated. And it was not out of, I don't believe it was out of malice. It was simply, well, if we want to restart the Jewish nation, we need to start with seed. We need to start with stock. This is the stock. Klai Yisrael's understanding of stock is Gedoli Yisrael. The, um, another issue, I guess, in line with the saving of Jewish people, is something which, in a broader way, um, needs to be turned around and asked to the person who is not from, who's, mo- who's from different uh, affiliation, let's say, um, what exactly is it about the Jewish people that you're saving? Um, what is the Judaism? What, the, what defines them? I once read an article in Haaretz, which is the Israeli liberal equivalent to New York Times, Washington Post, etc. It is the, today, 
I guess, the most intelligent of the papers, um, kind of supposed to be written kind of balanced and uh, sophisticated and so on. It's, n it's not meant to be populist. You know, that's what it is. Very left-wing religiously. And um, they had, many, many years ago, they had an article on Yom Atzmut. Not on Yom Atzmut itself, you can't, but day before. And it was a fascinating article for me. They, they were trying to answer the question, why is it that, what is it about Israel and the Jews that we, um, that, 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 that it's worth sacrificing our lives for, to, to, for the state of Israel. In Israel they celebrate Yom HaZikaron, which is the uh, memorial day for all the fallen soldiers, as opposed to America where you have, you know, a few towns in West Virginia and in Kentucky and so on, but the typical person in D.C. didn't lose anybody, uh, and, and, and or the typical person in New York didn't lose anybody. Um, everybody in Israel has somebody who lost somebody. It's, it's, it's a small country and lots of people were killed. And then we answer the question, what, what for? And it, it's astounding how um, their sentiments, their abhorrence of religion, their um, need for something rational without producing it, produced something along the following lines. It went the Israeli nation, the Israeli in the sense, the Jewish nation, Israeli nation, carries a special genius within itself. And history shows that that genius gets lost when the Jews assimilate into the world. And the only way it's preserved is when the Jews form a people, a nation, and so on. And therefore it's so precious to preserve it, and history has shown us is the only way to preserve it. And it's something not understandable, but just, just the way it is. Um, I was reading, I, I had the following comments. A, I think it's very racist. I don't believe as a from Jew that the Jews have a special genius. The only thing I believe about the Jews is they have a neshama that has a special ruchnistic aptitude which requires certain, which requires certain, um, which requires greater obligation. But just secondly, let's say it's true, and I'm fine with that. I mean, it may also be true, doesn't but yes, so my son can only produce new transistors if, 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 if the Jewish people survive and, um, and, if, and if we go to live to a place that's safe and we assimilate into American people, the world will not be able to have that new transistor or atomic particle or whatever. I would say darn the world. It's their problem, not my problem. Why should I sit for three years when my kid is 18, 19, 20 and he's laying in a battlefield someplace and I pay taxes that are the most extortionist taxes in the free world simply to keep an, an army of that size going to help the world preserve its genius. I'd rather open a business in America, make money, and let the world worry about their geniuses. Let them find some Japanese geniuses. Uh, you know, I mean, what, what, what kind of, I mean, it, it, but, but, it's, it, but let me explain where it's coming from. There's a, there is, anyone who's in Israel has the sentiment that we're different, we're special. He has to have that. And he can't define it religiously. And, and he can't define it rationally. So it's this mysterious, they use the word, this mysterious, unexplainable thing. And it has something to do with something good. So well, genius is fine. And that's that. But, but, but there's a built inherent irrationality to, to that. There is that sense. So again, 
If, if let's say we could have saved ourselves from the Nazis, but lost the Jewish people on that account. I mean, so every single person should save himself, yes. But, and we're talking about peoplehood. Wh- where are we going with that? Um, and certainly, so I, I guess, let me just go through the points you've made, because it's a ve- these, these arguments are very emotional. It, it, it's a powerfully devastating scene. The Hasidic Rebbe tells us, don't worry, Kinderach, stay in Poland, it's a good place for you. It comes the war, everything trapped shut, and he told the Chassidim, my poor Chassidim, you stay here, I'm off to America or to Israel. Um, it's a very, very, um, very powerful, very devastating. But the answers are, 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 are simply, it's wrong, wrong, wrong. Had everybody gone to Israel? So maybe if a Kaddish Baruch Hu had it, for whatever reason, I mean, it clearly was Xerah, the whole thing as it happened, was something that defies, defies logic. I mean, there's pogrom hatred, there's massacre hatred, there's, there's taxations, but to devote, uh, uh, to devote a war effort, when you're fighting Russia and England and America on all fronts, and, and to spend that time with, with, with such fanatical dedication, I, I mean, it, it's mind-boggling to think of it in any terms of anything but Hashkacha. Ashkach of Midas Adin, of the worst, of the strongest way, but but it, I mean, it, it's it's unthinkable, and and the um, and then so if the if the Xeria would have been there, do you think that the Israeli army would have stopped Germany? G- Germany is is a very very effective army. It's it's an army of it, it had tens of millions of people, the best trained, disciplined as they come. It wasn't an Arab mob. You're talking about they had munition factories that were awesome. They were they were they, 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 Germany was a real powerful country. It took the entire world to sink it, and then some. It, it took it took four or five years, and they were and they, and they weren't getting even after after Normandy. They they were they were not easy to. So do you really think the IDF? I mean, you could puff your chest and say great things, but you keep a war. What, what what do you mean? I was in Israel in 1973. So, so in 19 you, you, in 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 the in the um, Yom Ha'atzmaot of 72, you repeat all the stuff or 73 actually. Re, um, you repeat all the stuff about never again and as long as Israel's here, it can't happen, so on and so forth. In 1973, all the lines broke, all the defense lines broke, and um, Dayan said, Bayeshlishi is gone. This is a mere 30 years after the state was founded, it was gone. Um, and, and uh, you know, Rabin had a nervous breakdown. They, 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 everything, they cracked every defense and finished. Uh, why they didn't f- go in for the kill? You know, I don't know. Maybe some of that mystery that the RS speaks about was, was, was involved in it. I don't know. But, but, but I was there. I mean, and, and, and it, it, so, so you would think that Germany couldn't have crushed it, and it would have been so powerfully safe. Maybe the reason why Germany wasn't so hard pressed to get to Israel because there were no Jews there really. It was you know a handful, whatever it was. Akaponim. Those so the basic points were: first of all, um, Israel itself is not a safe haven in any term, in any rational way. To say that the safe thing for Jews in Europe would have been to end up in Israel can be hotly contested. And and uh, we could say, had there been many Jews there, that would become the prime target for Germany, and Germany just would have crushed it. Maybe yes, maybe not. I don't know. But but it's certainly, 
secondly, even today, um, America is a much safer place. And yes, people can say, well, that's what they said in Germany is that. Well, yes, but maybe Israel's like 73. I was there 73. I know what it was like. People felt it's gone. I mean, we made nervous jokes in yeshiva about parents calling um, their kids in yeshiva and having an Arab answer somewhere in Ramallah and saying, you know, you can, we, we don't let the phones through to, to Jerusalem. I mean, we made those jokes and they weren't so funny. Um, the uh, the Gedolim who, who stood against it, who were against Jews emigrating out of Europe, saw in front of their eyes that all the people who did emigrate were gone. Um, there's nothing left of them. Uh, so so they're, they're alive technically, but they're Irishmen, they're Italians, they're Americans, they're not, no, nobody's Jewish anymore. Um, it's a terrible, terrible decision you have to make, but and the decision was the suffering in Europe at that time yeah, was difficult, but going to America was a sure misa. I just wrote, there were look at this. There were different opinions. Some Hasidim pushed, Karlin, Stalin pushed, uh, Slanin pushed, uh, Lubavitch always had a presence there, but there were small Hasidists, they weren't really big, um, Ger, but others were felt that the, that the environment there was very much against you because there was a big uh, group kind of uh, against you. From 21-ish onwards, there was nobody going any place, except for places like South Africa, um, and such places where basically Yiddishkeit was for sure gone. I mean, it, the, the success rate there and holding on was zero. The, um, during the war itself, definitely many Gedolim said things that were not correct. It's clear that Hagav, Meshiv, Chacham, Achar, Akash blinded everything and everybody. Um, it was even your, even the Mishiva going to Shanghai was against. Perhaps um, Levinstein was against it terribly, and other Gedolim were against it, and the and the, uh, the Gedolim pushed it and. Uh, Yad Hashem it was a it was a strange thing and it worked. Um, so it, it, um, it, it, people the Gdolim who saved themselves there never was a situation where they gave themselves preference to other people. People decided to pay money to get them out. Um, those some made the decision to stay, some made the decision to go. Those who went um, rebuilt the cloud. And they didn't spend their lives in leisure. They, they, they gave their lives to rebuild it. No one else could have rebuilt Ger except for the Ger Rebbe. No one could have rebuilt Mir except for Blazil. No one could have rebuilt um, Brisk except for the Briskarov. What we have Torah today is from those from that door that came, the handful that came. Um, so it's it's a very it's it's a it's a very emotional issue, it's a very hot issue, but at any rate, um, you have to think about it coolly and stick to the facts. Yeah.